0: Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello my friends and welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. I'm Don Harris, your host, taking you through some more Red Ink. Today we're talking in chapter 59, Jesus is in the home of Mary and Martha. Let's begin reading. When he came to the village of Bethany, Jesus rested in the house of a woman named Martha. It's interesting here that Martha was the acquaintance. Mary and Martha turned out to be very close friends. And, of course, their brother's name was Lazarus. Um, yeah, that Lazarus. And, um, but at this particular point, uh, he came to her, the house of Martha. He evidently had had a prior um, uh, meeting with or at least uh, was had become f- familiar with Martha and was invited to her house for a place to rest or a place to eat or to, to relax. And so uh, Jesus found himself in Bethany and he says, I'm going to go see Martha. So he went to Martha and he found out And we continue to read. Martha had a sister, Mary, who sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his words. Martha, who was very busy taking care of the house and serving, went to Jesus and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she would help me. Jesus answered Martha, saying, Martha, Martha, (laughs) thou art there are careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus essentially rebuked Martha. And at at first glance, you're going to look at this and you're going to think, she really didn't ask anything that was unfair, not at all. Um, But there was some selfishness involved in this. I don't know if it wasn't... I'd, I'd like to believe that the jealousy was not that I'm having to do all the work and she's not working, but the jealousy may have been that Martha wanted to sit at the feet of Jesus. But she knew that, if she did, that nothing else would get done. Well, it's that nothing else would get done thing that uh, was driving her to see that other things were done other things jesus says you're troubled about too many things i appreciate you know everything you've done you know the pillows are nice and fluffy everything's nice the tea's nice and hot everything you're doing is is really wonderful but i want you to know that you don't need to do this stuff not for me Uh, everything's everything's fine here what I have come to do and I believe that you know I I realize I add a lot to these stories but I want you to see that that perhaps they're not so cut and dried and these aren't the only words that were spoken and these aren't necessarily uh, you know that they did this and they said this and then and then he was gone to another city but that these conversations continued, and there there were many things said that are just simply not recorded. But I think that if you take a look at what is there, you can see why certain things were said, why certain things were done. But I believe that um, that Martha, because as we read that she was a prior uh, encounter of Jesus, Martha is now being is now introducing Mary, her sister to Jesus. I can't help but believe that Martha's jealousy was not the fact that I'm doing all the work and she's doing nothing. It may very well be that Martha wanted to listen to to the Lord Jesus speak as well. But there's other things that need to be done. And I can't help but believe that Jesus may have said to her, "Now Martha, you've had this time with me that Mary is having now. So perhaps you should look at what you do, all the stuff that you have to do in the house, all the preparations that you're making. Perhaps this isn't just, you know, dreary housework. Uh, I always feel sorry for the housewife who says, you know, somebody says, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a housewife. You know, I just think, Wow, man! Really, is it that bad? Um, I mean, is it is it that dreary? Is it is it that lackluster? That uh, you, that you're just borderline ashamed of yourself? That you're a, that you're a housewife? Oh, I think I think you're missing something wonderful here. You see, when, when it's like when the Apostle Paul says, "Let women be keepers at home," people say that's sexist. He's a sexist. And uh the truth is is that friend let's face it we all have homes many of us do and um and there are certain things that have to be done you know clothes have to be washed meals have to be made and, you know dishes have to be washed carpets have to be vacuumed somebody has to do that and and Jesus is telling Martha perhaps you need to look at this not like dreary housework, or we need to share this among us, among ourselves. And, I mean, this, this is some of the speeches that men get, right? You know, you need to help me with the housework. Um, you know, come on. Have you ever thought about this just might be a ministry? This might be something that you're doing to, doing for the Lord himself? You know, if you have a man in your life who is a godly man and you're doing these kind of things at home and keeping his home in order, making him uh, so that he doesn't want to not come home. (laughs) Hey, ladies, let me tell you a little something. And guys, I'm not betraying you here. I'm not going to call your names, okay? But ladies, you should know. There's a lot of your husbands. They don't want to come home. That's that's a fact. they just rather not be there. Why do you think they're working late? Why do you think they have a job that takes 16 hours of their life? Why do you think they're running off with their secretary? Why do you think these things are happening? They don't want to come home. You ought to find out why they don't. But nevertheless, probably counsel for another day, right? But Martha... She was was convinced that these things needed to be done and was doing them, and I think Jesus was saying, look, this is Mary's time. This is Mary's time. You should look at what you have to do as ministry to me. Why not? Why why not do that? Don't be so selfish here. Don't be so self-centered here. And, And frankly, I think Jesus was making this very clear. You know, there is one thing that's needful. And it's not whether or not this house is all clean and spick and span and the pillows are fluffy. One thing is needful. And you know what? You ought to thank your Lord God that Mary has found that good part. That good part. Not a good part. Not a part of what is needful. But she found the thing. That is needful. That good part. What good part? The needful part. She found it. you got to thank God she's done that. This is a a wonderful day. I had my time with you. I need my time with her. And frankly, Martha, if you don't understand what I'm saying, if you don't get it, if you're still going to feel selfish, if you're still going to think that all these things need to be shared and shared alike or whatever else, You need to know something. I'm not taking that part away from her. You're not going to to convince me otherwise. Wow, that's quite a statement on his part. It shall not be taken away from her. I will not take this from Martha. I'm sorry. I will not take this good part from Mary. So, you know, get with the program. Look, do you think the Lord was being rough here? I've had him be rougher to me and If you spend any time with him You're gonna find out that he's gonna be rougher on you than this. This is not necessarily really rough talk right here But Jesus makes it clear And and you know, I find this is my philosophy a lot of times I want to give you a dignified way out of this I want to give you another way of looking at this I want want to offer you perhaps a different perspective, perhaps stand in a different place, perhaps add a little objectivity to the situation so that you can feel better about it. But if you refuse that, I'm not going to succumb to you because you're whining. I'm not going to do that. This part that Mary has chosen, this is the good part. And I'm not taking it away from her. I mean, this is Jesus pretty much drawing a line in the sand. Martha, I don't want to make you mad, sweetie, but uh, your sister's doing the right thing. And, you know, frankly, you ought to remember, she's doing just what you did. You sat at my feet at one time. You listened to what I had to say at one time. Let's bring your sister up where she needs to be. Now, there are people who you know, condemn, not condemn Martha, but they, you know, they they kind of show her to be at fault. She's concerned about stuff she ought not be concerned about. That's not what Jesus said. He's saying there's one thing that's needed. Not one thing that's wanted. Not one thing, uh, you know, that all, all the stuff that you're uh, encumbering yourself with, uh, you know, we don't need all that. You know, we don't need all this, you know all the fluff. No, I don't think that's what he was saying at all. That's a wonderful thing. Do it. But look, I'll tell you something more important than your feelings of inadequacy, your feelings of of that you're doing something that's not appreciated. It is appreciated. But um, and I know that uh, you know Mary has probably always helped you, and if you had company before or whatever else. But, you know, Martha, you ever think that the only reason I'm here is for her? You ever consider that? Friend, we need these times with the Lord to open this understanding. It's not all about you. It's not, you're not the most important person in the room. I don't care who's in the room. You're not more important than they are. Why don't we give of ourselves? Why don't we suffer? Why don't we? Uh, is, is, that the, is that the deal? You're not going to do without anything? Is that the deal? You're going to make sure everything's fair? I get so tired of people talking about, you know, fairness and such, you know. And, they, and you, you get people say, well, you know, life's not fair. I got news for you. Life is fair. It's, it's more than fair. Nobody gets what they deserve in this life. You know why you think you—you you know why you think life's not fair? Because you think you're better than you actually are. You're not better. We all need correction. We all need somebody to rebuke us, to stand in our way when we're doing the wrong thing, to say what's hard and hurtful sometimes, on the part of the speaker and on the part of the listener, to bring us into the place that, frankly, we need to be. And. Um, I just think that uh, it would do us all good to uh, to realize that there is something really, really wonderful about ministering to the Lord in a very physical way. I know you, you don't think that there's any way to worship God by picking up garbage. I understand that. It doesn't make sense. You know why? Because all of our religious heroes are all religious heroes they don't get their hands dirty doing anything does your preacher change his own oil bet he doesn't but uh, okay look if he if he's busy in the things of God then perhaps he ought to have somebody change his oil I'm not saying that you need to do those kind of things but wow we all need to be willing to don't we don't we all need to be willing to do these kinds of things to pitch in and to help, help one another, make sure things go like they ought to go, and not be cumbered about by many things. I wondered, as I read this, I was thinking, I wonder what she was cumbered about. It, whether the tea was hot enough, really, or that it was served on time, or that there were you know enough cookies on the plate, or the house was clean. I wonder if that was what was on her mind, or some of the things she was cumbered about, Was the fairness of life and you know equal division of work and and uh, you know the equality of women or whatever else you know that just cumbers our lives something awful maybe it was something like that don't know but i bet they talked about it lord jesus is probably one of the best counselors that ever was because um you remember where it says that uh that he really didn 't care whether or not men you know appreciated him or liked him or you know would would um, uh vouch for him and it says that that it didn't mean anything to him because he knew men and he knew what was in men. do you know I think that perhaps you may be a little more tolerant of people being less than you uh <laughs> Or not having your particular uh, um, characteristics or desires, or or they don't think it's the things that you think are important are not necessarily important to them. Or instead of looking down on them, perhaps we ought to realize that Jesus knows what is in man, and it alleviated him of his concerns to impress him and i think that if we understood what was in us it would alleviate a lot within us that causes a lot of this friction that we have we have in life it seems like we have little impertinent frictions that are so unnecessary we fuss and fume about the silliest little things what color we paint the parking bumpers outside the church, or uh, the you know the whether or not so and so cuts their grass often enough, or any of the rest of this foolish thing? Go over there and cut it for him. Shut up. <laughs> Go do something nice for somebody. Be good to them. You know I don't. I just don't like the way she dresses her children. Have you ever talked with her about it? Maybe she's doing the best she can. You know what your problem is? You just don't know what's in man. We're, we're depraved human beings, man. We've got problems. We need one another. We need to help one another. We need to be good to each other. Quit fussing. Quit worrying about equality in any case, in any situation, in any, any social or you know, domestic or in the workforce or any of the rest of the stuff. Quit worrying about all this stuff, man. Take your lot in life man and just just caress it about the shoulders and love what you do the fact that you can do it you know i' I've, I've recently faced in life this you know this horrible thing about getting old and realizing you just can't do what you could always do it's a very humbling thing and you know the the fact that you can do it ought to ought to be. Uh, something within you, uh, an impetus or an impulse or a or a motivation, because you can do it to do it, as unto the Lord, and not unto men. I recently had a, a friend that um, lost his uh, long-time job, and you it was a shame and everything. But the fellow's a solid Christian, solid, and. Um, and he uh, he says, you know, I just pretty much fell back on everything I've learned from TRI, and that is that uh, you know, good and bad things happen to good and bad people. I'm not sitting around wringing my hands and wondering, oh God, what did I do to lose my job or anything else. He says, I just you know, the Lord will provide. And and it wasn't just it wasn't just mouthy stuff. It wasn't just you know just saying it to make it so either. And anyway, when he when he said it, you just thought. Wow, he really believes that <laughs> uh, that everything is going to be all right. And um, by golly, everything just turned out fine. Uh you know, you know, a little period of time in his life when he didn't have an income, but because of you know the council and and because of this ministry and because he understood what Christianity really is, uh you know, he'd made provisions for his family, he'd made provisions for you know, is you know having money in the case of a crisis and things that we teach people. Um, not necessarily on on a, on a show like this where we talk about theology and such, but we do have we have you know counseling and hearty counsel and all the you know the radio and television shows and things like this where we talk about these things. Um, he was a tither, um, and he tithed properly according to the scriptures, not just. An obligatory ten percent of everything that he had, but he understood, you know, tithing uh, for the feast of the Lord and tithing to the Levite. The, you know, the, you know, he understood all these things. Everything was was fine in his life. He he had the cushion. He had what it took, because he just he was, well, because he was a Christian, and he lived righteously, and um, and so now you know he's got a job that's even better and I said oh my goodness I said "Uh, how about the Sabbath Taken care of took your advice what'd you do Well, I went to him and said look you know I I I can't work on Saturday it's the Sabbath of the Lord but I have good news for you I don't mind working on Sunday at all and you know just like you said he said man I need a guy that can commit to Sunday you know because we're open on Sunday we need somebody here you can be here every Sunday absolutely (laughs) and it works out. it worked out everything just all fell into place it was everything was fine was he cumbered about anything not a thing was he worried about anything well probably no more than anybody with any sense would worry but you know what was great about that the words of jesus the red ink indelibly imprinted in his heart in his mind in his life and they come out of his mouth constantly See, this is a this is a this is a trophy situation. Do you know you can do that? Do you know you can live that way? There's only one way to do it though. Have the mind of Christ. Be a Christian. Live righteously. Keep the law. Make sure that you know that things in your life are the way they ought to be. Don't look at the commandments as, you know, the, do this, don't do this, do this and don't do that. But you know, look at it as my father cares. My father knows that I have needed these things. It's just a wonderful life. And how do you do that? By essentially not complaining, not, you know, uh, you know, making sure that your, your little bone gets chewed, making sure that everybody knows how you feel that things ought to be fair and whatever else. You know, this guy walked away saying, life is fair. It is fair. When you do the right thing, then everything just works out, and friend. Life is fair. You just don't know how wrong you are. That's why. I mean, things like this. You know, uh... When, when you keep the commandments of God, you don't worry about your salvation. I'll tell you something else that doesn't happen. You keep the commandments of God. When bad things happen in your life, you say, "Well, this is this is what the Lord just has." Uh, empowered me to endure it's you know it's not like oh what did I do wrong you know what something in my life somewhere you know I I, that I needed unrepented sin (laughs) all these kinds of foolish ideas that are kind of pushed down our throat you're not gonna go anywhere with that it's not gonna work it's not gonna give you any comfort only thing that gives you comfort is when you do what's expected of you to do by your Lord God and you know that you can answer a good conscience toward God? Everything just falls into place. If your Christianity doesn't resemble what we're talking about here, I can tell you what's missing. You're living against your conscience. You're not obeying the commandments, and you're not taking, every, taking time every day to hear the voice of God. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Oh well, I'm doing two out of the three, not what I said. I'm doing one of them, and it's not what I said. <laughs> and you can take my advice. Hey, uh, you don't have to take mine. you can take the Lord Jesus' advice. very similar to what I'm telling you. Deny yourself, be willing to die for what you believe and follow Jesus Christ. Your, your whole Christian life will will burgeon and blossom. A million times more than graduating from seminary. A hundred times more than what it would be if you read the Bible cover to cover every year. I I think you should read the Bible. But don't look for any magic act. Don't look for some wild incantation to change your life. Don't look for angels to part the sky or for God to come down and pat you on the head and tell you what a wonderful guy you are. It's not going to happen. You're going to have trouble. But you don't have to perish by them now martha was headed that way jesus decided to head her off but it was so important to him that he made it it very clear to her martha here's the way to look at this martha i want you to remember this about you and i about our beginnings remember this think about this another way of looking at it stand over here get a different vantage point but if you can't, I want you to know. I'm not listening to your whining anymore. You want me to tell Mary to get up and go help you make coffee? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Not in any way, shape, or form. She chose the good part. And it wasn't really saying that Martha didn't choose. I've heard that too. You know that you know Martha, she chose the, she chose all the. The temporal and the ridiculous and the and the, the you know the stuff that doesn't matter. And Mary, she chose the good part. He wasn't comparing Mary to Martha. He was saying the part that Mary has chosen is the good part. Martha, it's the part you chose. You remember? Mary chose the good part. And I want you to know. I want you to feel good about this. I want you to. I want all this to work out for you. But if you just can't work it out. Here's one thing you need to know. I'm not telling her to get up. I'm not telling her to go in there and help you make coffee. It's not going to happen. simply not going to happen. It will not be taken away from her. All right, our time's gone. Oh, boy. I love the red ink. I love doing what I do, and I hope you do as well. If you do, I want you to do something for me. I want to hear from you. I want to know who you are and where you're listening, how you're hearing this broadcast. We like to be good stewards over what the Lord's given us, and we want to make sure that where we apply our resources that, uh, that people appreciate what we do. So the only way I can know that is if you let me know. You can email me at don at thinkredinc.com, or you can just simply write to Think Red Inc. Ministries, P.O. Box 718, Town, New Mexico, 87827. See you next time. Bye bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.